Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Well, there's nothing like a pandemic to illustrate the title of our show today, Fear, Anxiety, and Worry. Oh my, there's plenty of that going around. So how are we supposed to live in peace, comfort, and love when so much bad stuff is happening all around us? Dr. Jennings joins us via Skype to offer some much-needed guidance. Help us out, Doc. Charles, I'm glad we're doing this show today because this idea of fear, anxiety, and worry is, I think, misconstrued, at least what I see in my office. Mm -hmm. People have the emotion of anxiety or fear or worry. In our society today, most people think that if they're experiencing that in more than just a few minutes way, that if it goes on for a little bit of time, that they think they have a mental health problem. Mm -hmm. And what I want to talk about today is that the symptom of anxiety, fear, worry, is exactly that, a symptom to our mind similar to what pain is to our body. Hmm. If you get pain somewhere in your body, your first conclusion, at least for most people, is not, oh my, I have a pain syndrome. I need to go get on pain medicine. (laughs) Yes, yes. That is not the first conclusion. When you get pain in your body, the first thought is, what's wrong? What's wrong, Yeah. yeah. What's causing the pain? Do I have a thorn? Do I have a blister? Do I have a cavity? Am I dehydrated and that's why I have a headache? Are my glasses the wrong prescription and that's why I have a headache? In other words, you immediately start running down possibilities that are potentially causing the pain, Mm -hmm. and then you look to resolve the underlying cause. Pain is simply alerting you something is off. Do do I have cramps because I've got the wrong electrolytes? In other words, that's what we do with pain. With anxiety, it's very strange. Most people, when they feel anxiety, they actually seem to pursue some type of medication, Mm -hmm. whether it's alcohol or marijuana or prescription or something to make themselves feel better rather than looking for, hey, why am I feeling anxious? What's it coming from? What's it about? And that's what we want to talk today about. Anxiety is to our mind what pain is to our body. That's the concept. And so what are some of the reasons why people feel anxiety? And sometimes it can come, Charles, from a physical mm-hmm. cause. I'll give an example. person has hyperthyroid, a thyroid that is way out of control, producing a lot more thyroid hormone than the body is supposed to have, they can frequently get what are known as panic episodes, racing heart, sweats, jitteriness, anxiety, can't sleep. These are symptoms. The anxiety is alerting you that something is wrong. You go get an evaluation. You discover your thyroid's out of control, and you fix the thyroid. Guess what happens to the anxiety? It goes away. Untreated sleep apnea can cause anxiety. And so again, you're anxious. You don't know why you're anxious. You go get an evaluation and you discover you have a sleep disorder. You treat the sleep disorder, anxiety gets better. Some women struggle each month with their monthly cycles and a few days each month, their hormones hit a certain level and they get really bad anxiety for those three days or sometimes people get irritability. This is a well-known syndrome that can happen. It's driven by hormone variations in relation to certain receptors and to certain circuits of the brain. It's well-documented. It's a physical reality. How do we treat that? There are different ways to treat that that we can discuss with the doctor. But the point I'm making is sometimes anxiety comes from a physical reason. Mm -hmm. But somebody can feel 
anxiety. And it's not because there's something directly physically wrong like that. It can come from a relationship. You're in a relationship in which you're being mistreated or cheated on or taken advantage of or put down in some way. A relationship like that, you know what the normal response is, Charles? It will cause anxiety and stress. Mm, mm. All too often, I have many patients that come to see me in a relationship in which they are constantly put down, made fun of, criticized. Sometimes they're even being physically mistreated in their relationship. And rather than seeking to reclaim their independence and autonomy, to move towards freedom, they want me to medicate them so they don't feel the symptom. Mm -hmm. Well, let me give you a little metaphor. If you were out swimming, Charles, and someone held your head underwater, and they kept holding it underwater, past 10, 20, 30, 60 seconds, before you passed out, do you know what you would start experiencing? I'd start experiencing panic, I would think, Dr. Jennings. Yes, you would absolutely. This is the normal response to being drowned. Yes. It's panic, okay? And if you were being drowned and I came swimming by with my snorkel and mass and saw you panicking, it wouldn't help you for me to offer you some Xanax or Valium. <laughs> That's true. That's true. If I could somehow inject that to cause all the anxiety to go away so you relax, all I would help you do is to help you drown. Drown peacefully, yes. <laughs> you're panicking and you're frantic because you're trying to fight to get your head above water. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes in relationships in where some one person is being dominated by another, their sense of self is being submerged into mm -hmm. the controlling party mm -hmm. and they will begin to have anxiety and panic and they will often end up in a psychiatrist or other office with their panic and they will check off the check boxes of all panic or anxiety and oftentimes you're given a medication to take the symptoms away when what they actually need is their freedom restored. Mm -hmm. They need either marriage therapy with the partner recognizes that they're dominating and, and subordinating the, the individuality of the one who's panicking or they need to get out and and they'll breathe, oh, I've got freedom back, I can breathe again, yes. okay? And the panic goes away. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes people have anxiety because of a dysfunctional relationship. Sometimes people have anxiety because there's actually a real world threat to them. They wake up and smell smoke in their house mm -hmm. or they're in a mall and they hear gunshots mm -hmm. and they get anxious. And that type of anxiety is pretty straightforward. You see a threat, that threat is elevated to your thinking circuits. You immediately take action to resolve the threat. You get out of the home, you call the fire department, you get out of the potential area where shots are being fired and you get to safety. And then the anxiety goes away. At least the immediate threat to your physical person goes away. If your house just burned down, you have a whole new layer of anxieties to deal with related to the real life circumstances of, well, where do I live now? How do we get clothes? All the, et cetera, et cetera. Those are new types of anxieties by real life circumstances. And how do I cope with those? Then there are anxieties that people create and put on themselves inside their own head. Anxieties from false beliefs about that. I'm no good. Nobody likes me. I can't do anything right. Everybody hates me. And those types of thought patterns, which are obvious untruths, yeah. cause anxiety for people and stress and worry. And those are resolved by replacing those thought patterns with healthier patterns of thinking. And that oftentimes requires them to see a professional. Some people do have anxiety disorders that come from a physiological brain base that can benefit from medication. But if you notice, I've gone through a whole host of reasons why people have anxiety that don't originate, at least in the beginning, in the brain. That's true. That's true. And uh, may, may be resolved by other interventions. And anxiety is one of those. So again, if people feel anxiety, the idea here, step back and ask, why? What's its cause? Mm -hmm. What is the anxiety about? 
If I could do anything to magically fix this, what would I change? It often will points to where the source of the anxiety is. Well, I would have a million dollars and buy a new house. Uh, I would get rid of my spouse because they abused me. Oh, now I know where my anxiety is coming from. (laughs) (laughs) And it can often help you in that way. Another one, though, that people have anxiety related to, Charles, is that they borrow anxiety from their imagination or from the future. So they anticipate things in the future. How will this work out? I need a job. I'm going to apply for the job. Will I get hired? And they worry about, and so they are worrying about something or anxious about something that is not theirs. We have responsibility in governance of self. So a person looking for a job, for example, has the responsibility to apply for the position, to present their resume in a organized and orderly and accurate way without misspellings and typos or coffee stains on the paper, et cetera. But it actually makes a difference. You'd be surprised at resumes I've received over the years. You present it in the best possible light you can. You go to the interview dressed appropriately for the interview and you present yourself in the best light. That's yours to do. That's self. Mm -hmm. But you have no power or authority over whether you're chosen or not. That's not in your hands. And that's where believing in a loving, benevolent, higher power can bring you peace. I've done my due diligence. Now it's in the Lord's hands whether they offer me the job or not. He knows a million things about the future, about those other people, about what is around the corner of my life that I don't know. And, you know, this particular job that looks really good to me might be a terrible job. There could be a a, a gas leak and the building explode next week, and I don't want to be in that building if that happens. The Lord knows things I don't know, so I trust him with it. Learning how to trust God with outcomes and the future that are not yours will resolve a whole host of fears and anxieties for so many of my patients that are worrying about how things will turn out rather than simply focusing on doing their due diligence in the most godly way they can. Now let's circle back, Dr. Jennings, to what I mentioned in the introduction, the pandemic. COVID-19 will be around for a while. How do we reduce our fear, anxiety, and worry concerning that particular virus? So another source of anxiety is misinformation. Mm -hmm. If you believe that the chair you're sitting in while you're talking to me right now, Charles, has a bomb on it and it's going to go off unpredictably and if you get off the chair it would immediately explode if you actually believe there was a bomb on your chair would you have more anxiety than you have right now oh yes yes but how about if there's no no bomb on your chair would you still have anxiety if there's no bomb but no. you believe there is a bomb yes actually yes so the point i'm making is to the degree we believe falsehoods and lies that that are perceived as threats that magnifies the anxiety Dr. Jennings, you've told us repeatedly on this program that we are to weigh science, life experiences, and scripture when we try to come to conclusions, when we try to uh, understand what's going on around us. What has your study of science, you're a medical doctor, what is your study of science, your life experience, and the Bible said to you concerning COVID and its impact on society? What can you share with us has been your experience and your conclusions? So we can add that to our arsenal of information as we draw our conclusions. You want us to think for ourselves? What information do you have to share? It was known from the original outbreak in Wuhan that the COVID virus was no more threatening to the, to the population at large than the seasonal influenza that we have lived through every year of our entire life. Mm-hmm. In the community at large, 0.1 to 0.3% of the people exposed to COVID are going to die from this virus as in the community at large, which is the same that happens every year with the seasonal flu since you and I have been alive. 
Another lie they told that SARS-CoV-2, the COVID, is actually dangerous to children. This was a lie known from the beginning, and it's still proven in every uh, database to show it's a lie. While 0.1 to 0.3 percent of the population at large will die from COVID, which is the same as seasonal flu, so it's no more threatening than seasonal flu. Mm-hmm. Seasonal flu is actually about 10 times more lethal or more to children. For children, SARS-CoV-2 is statistically a zero threat. Mm-hmm. It's a zero threat. It's 0.000007% of children will die from SARS-CoV-2. And so if you want to actually not have anxieties around SARS-CoV-2, you need to unplug from the misinformation and start plugging into some objective sources, another misinformation. You can be safe if you wear a mask. Well, okay. I really appreciate what you've said to us today. It gives us a lot to think about. Listener, we have a website, comeandreason.com, where you can continue gathering information of how to think. That's how to think and how to reason for yourself. That's what this is all about. Dr. Jennings and his team have put together an arsenal of information that will help you on your journey of discovery for spiritual issues, physical issues, mental issues. It's all right there. Let me read to you some of the book titles. The God-Shaped Heart, The God-Shaped Brain. Could it be this simple? And for those of us who are moving along in age, the aging brain would be of interest to you. Also, there are sharing tracks to enjoy and a Bible paraphrase called The Remedy that you will find very, very helpful as you try to reason together with God his character and your place on this earth and his place in your heart. That's all at comeandreason.com. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Dr. Jennings, as always, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Appreciate it. You're welcome, Charles, and thank you. And until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. <music>